scripture to you I read last Sunday. I just kind of feel like I just need to stay on this vein for, a, a, I don't know, this week for sure. <clears throat> in um, John, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, whatever, now that, I, um, no, I don't want to, I don't, just put the regular everyday New King James up there. Be fine. I'll read it anyway. First uh, <clears throat> John chapter five, verse four, whatever is born of God. Now that's, that's not, the, the scripture is who, whoever. Amen. How many of you know a whatever can't be born of God? But a whoever can. Whoever is born of God, now listen to this, overcomes the world. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory or the means of success that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Say my faith. Say it again, my faith. Not somebody else's faith, my faith. Amen overcomes the world. That word there, overcome, and we've, we've talked about this, it actually means to be a conqueror. You know, to overcome something, you know, you can barely get over it and barely make it and, 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 and that type of thing, or you can conquer it. And, and the Bible tells me, listen to me, that we're conquerors in our lives. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. He wants to keep you down, depressed, depending on somebody else, depending on somebody else's prayer, somebody else's faith, you know, or, or uh, well, whatever God wants. Well, you might be interpreting what God wants and it's the devil fooling you. You better know what God wants and the only way to know that's through the word of God. Amen? Now, the Passion Translation, I'll read that now. Listen to this. You see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Now you say, well, that's a big word, the world. Well, your world. How about that? How about your world? Amen? Do you know that that also means overcoming your own emotions? Overcoming your own struggles, overcoming your own uh, challenges in life. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. Amen. How many of you took communion, already taken communion with me? You better be saying amen. All right. I've been to your house. I know where you live now. All right. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about having that conquering spirit about you today. Because it belongs to you. You have a right to it. The, the enemy wants to kind of keep you pushed down, pushed aside. But God said, no, that's not what I've got for you. Because first of all, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And whoever is born of God, who, how many people? Whoever is born of God. That means you. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. But what is the world? All of that fluff and stuff floating around you, it's sometimes in you. 
Thank you. Could you say that again? Maybe, maybe they missed that. Thank you. So I want to just share this with you from, from some scripture. And I'm going to read Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to read several verses here. This is Caleb talking. And he's rehearsing what happened over in Numbers uh, when the children of Israel were going to go in the promised land. Listen to what he said. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. You know you can affect people positively or negatively just by your words. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have fully, wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. How old is he now? 85. All right. Ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now I am this day 85 years old. As yet I am as strong as the day, today as on the day that Moses sent me. Woo, I like that. I'm just as strong today as I was then. So now is my strength for war. I'm ready to fight. Both going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in the day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will uh, be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. As the Lord said, 45 years before. He's still living off of that. I mean, sometimes you, the Lord will give you a word and you're done in five minutes or done the next day or the next week. Well, it's just too hard. 45 years, he's still fighting. He had to wander around the wilderness with all those children of unbelief until they all died. Well, it just hadn't happened yet. Well, so what? Has it been 45 years? <laughs> Not only was it just a time thing, but he kept his strength up. He kept his faith up. Listen, I'm amazed at my generation. You know, I mean, most of you know how old I am. I'm 50. <laughs> uh, I, I'm amazed at how many of my, of my generation, I, you know, I'm 76, that literally, listen, they literally, they just gave up. They just gave up. I went to my high school reunion. I was in, you know, a small town, you know. I went to my high school reunion, and I said, well, where's so-and-so? Oh, they don't drive at night anymore. 
I mean, I heard, well, you know, they can't get out much anymore. Well, listen, I know there are times when you can't get out, but we got people, you'd be embarrassed to know what they go through to come to church and you whine around if the sun's not shining. No, 45 years later, he's still ready. He's kept his faith up. He's kept his strength up. And he did it in the midst of an unbelieving generation. Listen to what I'm saying this morning. He did it in the midst of an unbelieving generation. He couldn't get hard. I mean, his buddy Joshua was about the only one he could depend on. Everybody else, well, you never know what God's going to do. Or, well, you know, God said it, but I'll tell you, there were giants in the land. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's amazing that Caleb said, hey, they're still there, and I'm still going to go get them. There, there was something totally different here about the way he operated. And I, I like this, and li listen to me. I like what it says in verse, four, in verse 10 of, of Joshua 14 here. It says, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this to Moses, uh, he said, he kept me alive. Well, what did he keep him alive for? For the kingdom, for a purpose, to do something. Do you know, listen, I don't care what your age is, you're not retired from the kingdom of God. You're not retired. I, I found that out going on these, on these communion visits. I'll tell you, the ones that I'm going to that are older, they, they, they're there with their Bibles out waiting on me. They're, they're, they're waiting. They're amen. And I mean, they, listen, they're, they're still ready to fight. We, we can't, we've got to understand and realize that there's just more to it and, and we've got to make up our minds we're going to be willing to fight. God, there, there was something there. Your value in the kingdom is more precious than you could ever imagine right now. And you've got to be ready for that. You've got to understand that. Don't kid yourself into thinking, well, we're just going to slip off into the rapture. No, we may end up going through hell first. Or hell may have to come to our door first. But the Bible says the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. But my point is, it doesn't, listen, well, I've got all these challenges. Well, so what? I was working out the other day, and I stopped for a minute, and I said, am I having fun yet? <laughs> I'm not doing it to have fun. I'm doing it to be ready. I want to be strong. I, I, want, I want God to use me. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you, listen, your, your attitude about life and your perspective on life has got to be centered around the things of God and the kingdom of God. Are you not going to make it? Because when the, when the earth starts rocking and rolling, which the Bible says it will, you're going to have to be in a place where you can say, I am not moved by that. Well, pastor, just teach me a little Bible lesson, make me feel good, and I can go home. You're in the wrong church. I mean, I'm, I want to challenge you. Listen, uh, we, we've got some days ahead of us that could be jaw-dropping. 
And you better be ready. And so Caleb, he was ready. He, he didn't give up. He didn't give in. I, I, <clears throat> he just saw things differently. I love what it says in verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word, and they brought back the fruit of it as well, uh, to him as it was in my heart. Well, what was in his heart when he came back? Well, listen to Numbers 13, verse 30. Caleb quieted the people as they stood before Moses. Now listen to what he said. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. 45 years later, he's still saying the same thing. But the people that were there when he said it are all dead. New generation had to be to rise up. I, I don't listen. I, I I believe we've got to have a new, a new generation of faith. I believe that. I believe we've got to have a, a, another generation that's going to rise up and say, "Caleb, I'm with you. Joshua, I'm with you." But listen to me. I want to be part of that. You ought to want to be part of that wherever you are in your life. If you're a young person, hook up. If you're older, stay hooked up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Caleb said, we are well able, well able to overcome it. The New Living Translation says, we can certainly conquer it. The Living Bible says, we're well able to conquer it. What does that mean? It means take possession. Do you know that the Bible teaches, listen to me, that as long as we're on this earth, <clears throat> we are responsible to take, take ground for the kingdom of God? We're not here just twiddling our thumbs. <clears throat> we've got to be, we've, you've got to understand that there's got to be something different about us. He, 45 years later, he's still ready. He said, now let's take possession. Jesus taught a parable uh, over, I think it was in Matthew, and he, he was talking about um, the, that, that the, the, um, the owner went to another land and he left his servants in charge. That was Jesus leaving. And we're the ones that are left. And you know what he told them? Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. And so we've got to understand and realize that that's our responsibility. 45 years later, strong is the day Moses sent him because his faith was still strong. You read over in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. You know the reason Abraham could believe God that even though Sarah was old and neither one of them could have kids, that God was going to do what he promised? Listen to what it says in verse 20 of Romans chapter 4. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. One translation says his faith made him strong. His faith made him strong. That's where Caleb was. <clears throat> he was ready. He, was, he had strength for war. 
Too many are just getting tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting this in my life. I've been doing this too long. I'm just tired of fighting it. It's just a struggle. Listen to me. You've got to make up your mind that you're not going to give up. You're not going to give in. Why else are you here? Why else are you here? Well, I'm just living life. No, you're not. If God gave you the new life, the new birth, then you've got another life to live. And the Bible says it's a life of faith. Amen. So many are, are, are tired of fighting, and then they've got others saying, I want another mountain. Now, I, I've, I've, I've told the Lord that for many years. Lord, just give me another mountain. Until he told me to go take communion to every house in our church. <laughs> I, I, I said, Lord, I just found Mount Everest. <laughs> Not because it's hard to do. It's the time that it takes to do it. And, and, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm having a blast. But I want to tell you something. You ask the Lord to give you a mountain, he'll give you one. And there'll be giants on it. And you'll have to go run them off. Amen. Hey, the first month we did that communion, uh, there, I had to run giants off. Not midgets, giants. <laughs> Not, that's a, can't use that word anymore, I know. Yeah. Little people. <laughs> not a small person, not a vertically challenged person. Giants. <laughs> Can't get out of that, can I? I'm still trying. <laughs> Joshua 14, 8. Let me read you this again. He said, nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord. Don't be a part of that nevertheless crowd. Well, I know God's got promises, but nevertheless, it's still, you know, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. Well, which is tougher, to believe God and to see God work in your life or to try to figure something out on your own? I mean, really. Even though God had promised them the land. So here's the thing. Which is stronger, God's promises or the circumstances of life? Amen. Now, once you, once you start looking and saying, well, the circumstances of life, you have degraded God below who he is. Amen. We talked about last week, Jesus said all things are possible to him who believes. You've got to make up your mind. That's the attitude you've got to have no matter what the circumstances of life throw at you. You can't back off. You can't back down. You have to have a conquering spirit. Well, what does that mean? That means you and your God can do anything. You don't have to be satisfied. You don't have to accept. You can, you can conquer. And if you make up your mind to do that, God can do something. Over in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, this is a great preaching Scripture right here, and lots of preachers have preached on this, and I've heard it myself a lot, but, but it's still true. When they came back and gave the bad report, verse 33 of Numbers 13, it says, there we saw giants, same ones that Caleb said, they're still there, and I'm going to get them. Okay, 45 years later. 
Okay. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. Now listen, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. In other words, because they looked big, they thought that they were looking down on them and thought they were small. Let me tell you, if you ever understand that is not the case. Just because you look small doesn't mean that anything that's trying to conquer your life is greater than you are. Let me, show, let me show you this. This will help you, okay? They thought they were like grasshoppers. Well, Isaiah 40, 22, listen to what it says. It is he who's talking about God. It is he who sits above the circles of the earth and his inhabitants are like grasshoppers. So from where God sits, everybody looks like a grasshopper. Are y'all still here? But, the, but what you've got to understand is we're not down there anymore. Ephesians 2, 6 says, listen to this, that I have been raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> My view, listen to me, listen my view is no more from down here looking up. My view is from up here looking down. And once you get that, there's no such thing as a giant in your life. Because you're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means that you're more than a conqueror. No matter what comes your way, you start seeing things from a different perspective. God's got this. God's got this. Because you're, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Look at all those little grasshoppers. I'm glad I'm not down there with them. The devil wants to keep you on his level. When Jesus was being tempted, you know what the devil was trying to do? Trying to keep him on his level. Remember what he said? He said, if you be the son of God, turn this stone into bread. You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to get him down to his level because he wasn't there as the son of God. He was there as the son of man. And if he could get him to act as the son of God at that point, that'd be the end of it. He couldn't go die for us. He couldn't do what he needed to do. So Jesus just looked at him and said, uh, man shall not live by bread alone. You've got to realize the enemy wants to pull you down to his level. Fear will pull you down. I'm afraid. Well, don't be afraid. Jesus said, he said, you don't have to fear anything. You don't have to fear anything. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a healthy respect for something, you know, like a snake or, you know, or something like that. But that's not what he's talking about. Everybody still with me? So you start identifying with what God's done you, because you're born of God, you're an overcomer, and we do what we do by faith. So let me ask you this question. What do you need to conquer in your world? Listen, <clears throat> I'm not as old as Caleb was, but, but I, I, I've, been, I've been serving God since 1974. This will be my 50th year in, in, in October. Now listen to me. And I still have things to conquer. Uh, not, not just 
ministry things, but things in my own life. Everybody does. We're always going to have challenges. But you've got to have the right attitude about where you are and what God wants to do in your life. Let me show you a scripture that will help you with this. It's found in, it's just the latter part of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to what the Amplified Bible says. Go to the second part of that, please. In the Amplified Bible, it says this. For whatever anyone is made inferior or worsens or is overcome, listen to me, to that person or thing he is enslaved. Whatever anyone is made inferior or worse or is overcome to that person or thing, he is enslaved. The New Living Translation says this, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Listen to me. Bad habits control you. Well, that's no big deal. I, I had somebody, I, I heard a, a preacher say this one time that somebody came to him and um, asked him, well, well, is smoking a sin? Trying to get out of not, so he could keep smoking. And, and, and the preacher said, no, it's not a sin, but you're going to smell like hell when you get to heaven. Just saying. But, but here's the thing. We know it's going to shorten your life. Listen, my dad, my dad, and I, I don't know why I'm talking about smoking today. I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up if you smoke. But listen, keep your cigarette butts in the car. Don't leave them in the parking lot. Okay? But listen, not mocking you either. I understand. My dad uh, had a stroke. And the doctor said, Mr. Carr, if you don't quit smoking, you're going to have another one. And he told me, he said, he said, Sam, I've been smoking since I was eight years old. I just can't quit. You know what happened? He had another stroke and he died. He didn't have to. But, but see, that overcame him. Now, I'm using that as an example, Okay. Just so you know, I'm using it as an example. It could be lots of things. Your temper. Ooh, don't go there. Yeah. I mean, a bad attitude that pops up all the time. It just keeps coming back, you know, about different, different things. Listen, listen to me. We all have battles that we have to overcome. But listen to me. If you don't overcome them, they're going to control you. My mother, bless her heart, she smoked. And, 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 and I, I mean, she, we wouldn't let her smoke in our house. Becky would get the whip out. She wouldn't, she didn't smoke in my house. No, I, that's not true. But we, 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 please don't smoke in our house. It could be pouring down rain and she'd be sitting outside smoking a cigarette. Why? Because it overcame her. It was controlling her. You still think, why are you on cigarettes? Well, because I, I smoked the first 17 years of my life. And I never lit one up because both of my parents smoked three packs a day. But, but it could be anything. 
And I, if, I, if I miss listing yours, you think you're going to get away with something. You know what's overcoming you. You're a slave to whatever controls you. Amen. We, we all have to deal with habits and <clears throat> things that we have in our lives. That, that If you let the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll work wonders with you. But you've got to understand and realize that, that things will overcome, can control your life. They'll overcome you instead of you overcoming them. But you, listen to me, you don't have to live that way. Let me read you this um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 out of the Phillips translation. I love the way it says this. Listen. <clears throat> the truth is that although, of course, we lead normal human lives, the battle we are fighting is on a spiritual level. Listen to me. There is nothing carnal that you're battling that you can't overcome on a spiritual level and break its yoke off your life. Because your spirit life is stronger, should be stronger. Y'all still here? Should be stronger than your natural life. That means you can break addictions. You can break yokes in your life. You can break habits in your life. And I'm just on that today. I'm sorry, but that, there's a lot more involved with all kinds of challenges. But you've got to understand something. Although we lead normal human lives, the battle we are fighting is on a spiritual level. The very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful. Everybody say powerful. In God's warfare... For the destruction of the every enemy's stronghold. Every stronghold on your life. But you've got to be willing. Can I back up again to, 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 uh, to Second Peter? For you're a slave to whatever controls you. And that's talking about, that's talking about Christians. That's, you know, uh, some, some, some Christians just can't rise above a certain level because they won't let go or fight off or beat off or stand against and overcome the things that are, are, are controlling their lives. And just, I'm, I'm going to end this with this, okay? And one of those things that can control your life are excuses, Why you're different. Amen. Okay, listen, if we'll just get rid of some of our excuses, it's amazing what we can do to justify why we're not letting our authority take charge and break those yokes off our lives. Amen. Because I want to tell you, the moment you break some of those things off your life, you're going to hear the Holy Spirit telling you, I got more for you. I got more for you. All I need you to do, break this off your life. Because if you don't and I give you more, what's going to happen is that when you get the more, that old whatever is going to come back and it will control you and it will control the more I'm trying to give you. So we've got to pay attention. 
We've got to pay attention, not only to our lives, but, but, but uh, how we're living our lives in regard to the kingdom of God. Well, the Lord understands. The Lord's really pretty, you know, he's pretty smart. He understands, but that doesn't make it acceptable just because he understands where you are. He knows you, you are. Now, listen, if you say, well, he knows my heart, that's not coming out of your heart. That's coming out of your flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm giving you a good word today that can help you if you'll just grab hold of it. So on the surface, we look, everybody looks the same. Amen. I mean, I've got as many muscles as Joe Carter. The reason, don't you just hush. Just mind your own business. You know why I have? Because you can't see my muscles and you can't see his. If he took his shirt off and I took my shirt off, it'd be a whole different ball game. But listen to me, listen to me. The point is that we live normal lives on the outside, but we have a greater one on the inside. We have a capacity on the inside. We have more than a conquering spirit on the inside to overcome. Paul called it a spirit of faith. He said, that I have a spirit of faith about me, and I believe, and therefore I speak. I believe, and therefore I speak. You got it? He had a, a, a spirit about him that, that, that wouldn't back off. Let me just find this scripture real quick, because this is, it's, it's probably not going to help you, but it's going to help me, okay? Uh, Paul talked about all the challenges that he had in his life. And he, and he spoke about um, all the things that, that, that challenged his life. And if I can find the scripture, I just want to, yeah, here it is. And, and if, if, if you study this out, you'll find out he got this out of Psalms. He was talking about all the challenges and all the things that he was battling. And, and even God chastised him about stuff and, and all the things that he was challenging. But in verse 15 of Psalm 73, this just resonated with me. Okay, listen. If I had said, I will speak thus, in other words, I'll speak my own mind, I'll speak what I'm feeling. I'll speak what's happening to me. Listen to what it says. Behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. I am not going to be unfaithful to the next generation. I'm not going to give up preaching faith to you. I'm not going to give up telling you you're more than a conqueror because that's what the Word of God says. And when you grab hold of it and you get it in your life, God will do great things, and I am not going to be unfaithful to you. I'm not. Well, but, you know, you know what, what about all the things that have happened to you? I will not speak. That's not my responsibility. I'm not going to speak there. I'm not going to let that uh, uh, control my life. Listen to this translation, the Passion Translation. If I had given in to my pain, 
and spoken what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. Well, Pastor, you've gone through challenges. That's right. And I'm still believing. And I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up because I'm not going to be unfaithful to the next generation. You shouldn't be either. You shouldn't be either. Here's what you ought to be doing. You ought to be saying what God says. Romans 8, 37 says, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. I like that. Thanks be unto God who always leads us into triumph in Christ Jesus. How often? Always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Not once in a while, always. It's interesting because people like this have a smell about them. I never got, the, I, I didn't get this when I first got saved when I was reading this, and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about in a minute. I, I, I didn't get this, but one, I, was, I was going to a meeting in another city, uh, Marilyn Hickey. How many of you know who Marilyn Hickey is? She's on TV and teaches, and she's, she's one of the faithful. Amen. Praise God. And I was going to this meeting, and I was late getting there because it was in another town. I didn't time it right. And so I was walking. I walked in the building. They'd, she was actually already up, um, uh, standing up there uh, speaking, not preaching yet, but just getting ready to preach. And I walked in, and I sat down in the back, and she pointed a finger at me. I said, oh, she's going to get on to me for being late. And you know what she did? She said, when you walked in the room, I smelt a fragrance of victory. And then she, she used this scripture. Now, now follow me here. I, I'm, I know I'm kind of off a little bit. I'm just about finished, but listen. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph or victory in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You smell different. You smell like victory. The next verse says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those being saved and among those who are perishing. For the one were an aroma of death leading to death and the other the aroma of life leading to life. You wonder why people don't like you because you talk about victory? It's because they don't smell what they smell death. They don't smell it on you, they smell it on them. Now I've gone over some of you's head today probably with that, but 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 listen to me. There's a difference. When you make up your mind to have that spirit of faith about you and be more than a conqueror in your life. Be like Caleb. Give me that mountain. I'm ready. You're different. You're different. And, and you smell, to, 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 to me, you smell wonderful. Mmm, you're one of mine. You're, you're, you're part of the body of Christ. But when you're lost, 
Well, who do you think you are talking like that? You wonder why people in the world, sometimes they don't like you, can't get along with you? Well, it may not be your personality, although it might be, but I doubt it. It's because of how you smell. You have a victorious smell about you. And people don't get that. They don't understand that. And they won't until they make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And that doesn't mean you're standing on top of the mountain all the time. It just means you're in the fight all the time. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to make up our mind that we're going to face every challenge by faith, declare victory. You're going to, listen, here, I'm, I'm, this is my last word here and I'm finished. Listen, you've got to make up your mind you're going to be like David. David did two things. First thing he did when he was going to face Goliath, the giant, same tribe that Caleb dealt with, okay? Goliath, listen to me. First thing he did, it says, I remembered my lions and my bears. Say, what are you talking about? He remembered past victories. He remembered past victories. One of, the, one of the things that I remind the devil of all the time are past victories. Well, devil, you know what God did? God did this, God did this, God did this. He, he, and the second thing was, when he saw Goliath, he ran toward him, not away from him. He ran toward him and not away from him. You can't be afraid of the challenges of your life and think you can avoid them. They will hunt you down. Well, I thought I got around that. Well, you didn't. And it may not pop up till later. And the enemy just took, wrote, okay, I'm gonna get them, I'll come back here later. So well, that's not scriptural. Sure it is. When Jesus was coming out of the will, the devil tempted him three times. Listen to me. The devil tempted him three times and Jesus whipped him all three times with the word. But before he left, the devil, it says that the devil left him for a different occasion. In other words, I'll be back. So you, can't, you think you can run and hide from certain things. You can't. Best thing to do is bow up. Remember what God's did in your past and make up your mind you're going to go for it. Say, devil, you are not stealing this from me. I am not going to live this way. I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. And you're not going to break that yoke. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm breaking that yoke right now. The reason is, listen, because you're more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. That word there actually means super conqueror. In the Greek, that's what it means, super conqueror. Because of who, who, who you're connected with. You're in Christ Jesus. So I want to challenge you today. Listen to me. What, what, whatever you allow to overcome you controls you. But whatever you overcome, you control. And when it tries to come back, you just say, talk to the hand. It's not going to come back in your life. It's not going to challenge you. Because you've made up your mind to be an overcomer. 
have an overcoming spirit. Well, that's just not for everybody. I, 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 I've heard that my whole life. I've heard that up to here. But here's the thing. When you look back on people who tell you that, they end up defeated and you're still going. They've, they've compromised their lives back. Listen, I've seen this a lot. Okay, so I'm just telling you as your pastor. They've compromised their lives back to where nothing's going to bother them because they're not doing anything and think they're okay. Well, you're okay until something challenges you. Why not just get up front? Why not just run toward the giant? Why not just say, I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm drawing a line and saying, you step across that line, you're in trouble. I got in more trouble when I was in school because people back in the day when I was growing up, they'd do that. They'd draw a line and you step across that line. I got in more trouble stepping across those lines. <laughs> but that's what you got to do. And when you do, God will work supernaturally in your life. Amen. Amen. <laughs>